1: Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Kyla DiNanio, who owns Skip the Boring Stuff, an agency that launches podcasts for small business owners and manages podcasts for existing creators by doing everything from editing, scheduling, producing, marketing, managing guests and co-hosts and all the communications. Fantastic. Hey, Kyla, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Thanks. You're welcome. Hey, can you expand a bit more on, you know, where are you right now with your business and who do you love to work with?
2: (laughs) So I'm going to do that backwards. I love to work with small business owners because I am a small business owner and, you know, we see these huge corporations and we're like, I want to get there, but I have to start. Right. And so a small business, at least in the U S is any business that has like less than a hundred thousand employees or something it's like a huge number or it might even be based on revenue like 5000 mm. 5 million in revenue or less so like that in encompasses a huge amount of people yeah. um but small business owners are passionate they know how to work hard and also they want a result and so those tend to be the best clients for me because there's someone that wants a podcast at the end of this journey hey mm. kyla work with me i want to see this result right and so that's who I love to work with. Where I am in my business is I'm started about almost a year ago now. Um, I had people come to me and they were like, oh, I love your podcast. It's so good. Oh, how can I start a podcast? Hey, I'd love to start a podcast. And I laughed it off, right? I'm like, oh, podcasting is so much fun. Here, let me show you. So you have a free coffee and you talk about it. And then they come back for more. And then someone else asks you and I'm like, why am I doing this for free? So then the next time someone asks me, they're like, oh, I love your podcast or I love how consistent you are, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. you're not even a lawyer because my show is very niche. So maybe they're just like, oh, I love how consistent you are. Can you help me? Sure, it'll be a hundred dollars. Okay. And my mind was blown. I was like, who Uh will (laughs) pay me? You know what I mean? And so like, they saw me as the expert. I was absolutely shocked. It took five people asking me before I was like, Will you pay me for this? If somebody oh, hold, said yeah. Just,
1: so. just that statement alone, there's <laughs> there's so much gold in there because oh my gosh, to number one, to realize that hold on, you I mean I could actually earn a living from doing what I love and people actually want this. That moment for a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs is like groundbreaking. It's
2: yeah,
1: it's it's also a bit guilt inducing. like, oh i you I mean I could have been doing this all along. <laughs> but what else you said about you know, as you go through this journey and have that be seen as the expert you're like wait who me little old me yeah that those there are two perceptions in there that we could we could spend the whole episode talking just about (laughs) this oh my gosh but I think those moments are are crucial so there's your sort of your trigger moment so
2: yeah
1: continue what what was it like once you had these (laughs) things like this massive awareness what was that like
2: yeah so the trigger moments were big in hindsight right? As they were happening, they were pretty small because I'm a lawyer. I went to law school. My podcast is me talking to lawyers. Everyone I know is not a lawyer. So I don't beat you over the head with lawyer, lawyer, here's my podcast. I have my own lawyer social media pages. You know, you might get like a snippet here or there, but I had no idea people were actually watching until people started to reach out to me. So first it was like, Oh, people are taking notice of what I'm doing. And then it was like, wow, people actually find value in it. Yeah. So I wish I I wish it happened. And I was like, yes, gold mine. But actually I was like, let me lean in a little bit further. And that's why I took the free meetings until I could take the paid meetings.
1: Yeah. So you were really about finding your fees.
2: Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I am. Um, I find that people really like they respect things a lot more if they have to pay for them,
0: Mm. you
2: know? And so it is important to either put a price on your time, a price on the information you're going to share all of that stuff, because I'm passionate about podcasting. I wrote podcast blogs for free for a year and a half. You know, I put together big arcs and all this stuff at podcasting events because I just want to be around podcasters, but also there's value in that for somebody who's on the outside and wants to join us. And so, for that, absolutely, you know, I'll share everything I know um, over a coffee and a fee.
1: Mm, absolutely. So, what was the moment that actually this really turned into a a, a real business, not just a, a couple of hundred here, not just a couple yeah. of coffees here, that you were like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna scale this because one, I enjoy it; two, I'm damn good at it; and three, people need this." So, <laughs> tell me about that evolution from from your perspective.
2: Yes. So. That happened when I started making YouTube videos. And I know it seems backwards, but I started making YouTube videos and I was like, oh, this is a lot of work. And so then I sought out a YouTube like creator coach. And I was like, something triggered in me where I realized, wow, paying for coaching, paying for someone specialized training is valuable. Mm. So what happened was I went and I hired a scale coach. Now I thought you don't scale a business till you're trying to go from 50 to hundred but in reality once you have that first client going from one to five is a huge leap so like I honestly should have been learning how to scale a long time ago mm-hmm. <laughs> but so I saw the value in seeking out people who knew more than me and I actually paid for like a scale coach and they gave you trainings and I learned how to actually create like a customer relations management system where I could actually have all the contracts here and Here's where the fees are and invoices are sent automatically. And once I knew that I was willing to pay someone else to teach me, I was like, oh, I can actually use what sparked me to pay someone as the motivation that I used to tell people, hey, you need me. I've done all the hard stuff. You can skip all of these bumps and bruises, skip all the boring stuff by hiring me. I know that because I just did that with someone else. Yeah, um, yeah, and also, Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I am very stubborn. Marketing does not work on me. So for me to see value in like, oh, you know something more? That was a huge leap. Like, because honestly, you have to be humble to even do that, to say, I don't know this. Let me lean on somebody else. And so I was like, if this could work on me, yeah, it will work on other people.
1: Mm. So what was it, what was the nuance behind that? What was it that you really took into your business and, and used to... Um... The, the power of good to to influence people to, yeah, take you up on your service because damn it, it does help them. Um, <laughs> what What was the nuance that you really, really used there?
2: Yeah, so my nuance is telling every client I talk to, you're the talent. You' are the talent. Whoever your favorite actor is, they're not going and acting and then they're editing it and they're shooting it, and they're finding the best clip and they're finding the music. You are the talent. You record you talk to the guests, I do everything else. So I'm Mm -hmm. leaning on kind of like a luxury concierge service where it's like, yes, you could learn how to do everything, but you don't have to. And you also don't have time to, because remember my ideal clients are small business owners. You're already doing 18 things. You don't have time for this, (laughs) but it's another marketing channel. So let me do all of that. You skip the boring stuff. You're the talent, you come in, you record, send your tracks to me digitally
1: next thing you know you have a completed podcast boom love it so yeah it's almost fast tracking and fast forwarding through all this stuff because i mean we're all told we we were joking offline that you know everyone says oh do a podcast it's easy just point click record done i mean it it can be but realistically there's so much more that goes into it and when you find that that love in your business whether it's podcasting or coaching or you know serving people with with creative offers whatever it might be once you find that passion you dig in and there's more details and there's another level and there's more you can do and oh we can also do this and this can bolt on it kind of never ends so yeah finding that passion for yourself and now being able to find a way to to allow people to see from a sort of marketing perspective of yeah here's the reason why here's what it can do for you so hey let's talk about that what what does this do for your clients, what's the what is the actual ta- tangible end result? Because it's not just about having an episode online. What what actually does it mean to to them and their business?
2: Yeah. So for most of the clients, what it means is that now they get to have an actual relationship with their customers. Yeah. Right. So people will tell you you have to like know and trust somebody to buy from them. It depends on what you're buying right? But if you're a small business owner and you have already put in the sweat equity to get this thing rolling, why not have something else that's a little bit easier, right? Mm. If you could sit down with someone else or just record you talking about, I created this because of this, this and that, or this happened to me, people will hear the passion. They'll be like, this person really cares. Take all my money (laughs) because people want to know your story. People are actually curious. Like You want to know why did you create this business? Why did you create it now? How many times did you fail on your way to getting there? People actually want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And so for small business owners, we're trying to give this impression of, I have an assistant. Everything is rolling. It's automated, which is fine. But every now and then you need to let people behind the door and let them see all the work that's going on. And a lot of times when you share that in your podcast episodes, when you tell people the background behind it, they'll fall in love with your product or your service even more.
1: Mm, so of course in this this day and age we have all these different platforms we got a gazillion different platforms and of course then we have yeah. to post on all of them and oh my gosh actually not a real entrepreneur but what what's so different about podcasting from your perspective because why can't you just go on on instagram or facebook and be doing this and it's the same kind of thing so what's so special about this particular uh medium
2: yeah so I don't want to upset you, but I don't think podcasting is social media. I, I really don't. Like the people that I am able to touch through podcasting, the people that my clients are able to reach mm. are exceed social media, you know, and not just from a search engine optimization where like, if you search the, the Unforget Yourself podcast, that is, that's huge. It's so much bigger than just you putting up a post maybe Instagram shows it based on the algorithm today. You know what I mean? Like there's no, the historical aspect of podcasting, the fact that the episodes are always there, that you have a catalog, that they can see Mm -hmm. how much work, even the fact that they can go back and listen to episodes a year ago and hear how much better you sound now, right? Isn't that that. true? Yeah. (laughs) All of it is so much more than social media. Um, And I think that's really important because my podcast, I'm in the sixth season right now. I just changed my cover art to include my picture. Before then, it was just a graphic of just an image, right? And so with social media, a lot of everything you're doing is very face-driven, very portrait-driven, very look at what I'm doing right now. Whereas Mm -hmm. podcasting can be faceless. Mine was faceless for a really long time. You had to do actual work to go to my website or go to my social media and even see what I looked like. You were just listening to me and falling in love with that. And okay. so it's kind of the same for your clients. Was,
1: was that I by design, or was that it by... Was. okay? So what what was it? Was it was it for for the reason of this is exactly what I want to do, or was it I I'm not quite ready to be seen yet, so I want to do this in a safe environment. So what 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 was it for you?
2: So for me, it was a hybrid of the two because I was talking to lawyers, and lawyers are really classist. <laughs> They're really. This is our hierarchy. This is where partners are. This is where barristers are. There's a huge class divide. Mm. And so you can immediately look at my picture and be like, no, nah, I, I don't want to hear what she's talking about. Or you can hear someone or see someone sharing the podcast and you click on the cover art. you're like, what's this about? It made you look into it a little bit more. It made you say, am I interested enough to click with no image, you know, just a graphic on the screen or not? So yeah. it was very intentional.
1: Hey, I love this. We're not going to the depth of, sort of podcast marketing and what it actually can do and the, the reach that it has outside of um, other kind of platforms and, and media, uh, but also that, that intrigue. Let's let's discuss that for a bit because, you know, again, we were joking offline and you were like, oh my gosh, it was the Unforget Yourself podcast for you as a thinker. It was like the name mm-hmm. stood out. Whether you saw you know, Katie and myself, whether you um, knew about us before, that was the thing that sort of stood out for you. How important... Is that in in sort of the world of podcasting?
2: Yeah, I think it's really important because when you are listening, first of all, you can find a podcast almost anywhere. There are a few people who don't know how to find podcasts, but you can find a podcast and you can listen, but that doesn't make you want to subscribe and that doesn't make you want to share with other people, Mm. right? So you have to either, you're listening to a podcast, maybe you're doing something else, washing dishes, folding laundry. But every now and then you'll get that episode and you're just sitting there listening. You're like, you are so involved with this sound in your ear that you're just like, wow, this is taking over so much. Yeah. And so you can't find that connection with any other medium. You really can't. And that's part of the magic of podcasting. That's why I love it.
1: Nice. Love that. So you, you've come in. a bit sort of disruptive with the industry but like let me let me do all the boring stuff for you and so i love your there's that tongue in cheek you love this stuff yeah (laughs) i do you you get to to to, you know just poke fun at it saying i'll take the boring stuff all this this rubbish that you you don't want to do so that you can stay in your your zone of genius so that you Mm -hmm. as you said beautifully can be the actor and i'll do all this other stuff so i think personality matters and have that mm-hmm. right um attitude towards your podcast because there's a gazillion out there everyone has a different technique a different way i mean katie myself we we know that you know personal and business development is tough to overcome yeah. the the barriers to get to that next level to level up your identity to be able to do things that you never thought possible it's tough it's hard we have to bring fun and laughter into this we have to create a safe environment so Finding the way that you do it is is so important. So Mm -hmm. what's it like for you as you kind of when you work with other um, entrepreneurs and you help them to flesh out their podcast, do you actually help guide with you know what you're seeing? Because you've got a wealth of experience. So Mm -hmm. is it is tone such a good part? Is can you see where they're not quite being themselves and it's not quite feeling right? What's that kind of part of the, the relationship like?
2: Yeah. So I will tell you that the relationship is different for every client. And that's such a lawyer answer, which is it depends, right? Because some clients come to you and they truly just want to record. Mm. I'm going to record it. I'm going to send it. I don't care if they're in the same city or state as me. They're like, I don't, podcasting is supposed to be remote. Everyone can have it. Here you go. And they don't want a relationship. And that's absolutely fine. And that's why I offer podcast management and podcast editing for people who just want me to come in and do the work.
0: Mm. But
2: then the clients that I have that actually want to launch podcasts, that's an entirely different aspect, right? Because you don't know where to record. You don't know if you need a $500 microphone or not. You don't know what your cover art should look like. And so that's where I lean on the experience I have before where people were asking me to help them, where you pay me to have these coaching calls and you, I'll sit down with you and I'll say, this is the cover art you thought you wanted. Let me show you 12 examples of people in your field and you pick and choose things that you like from there right? Mm. Because if you're just trying to start a podcast, you haven't done market research. If you were, you wouldn't hire me (laughs) because that would be redundant, right? And so the coaching, or excuse me, the launch clients want something completely different than the editing clients. They want Mm. someone to actually hold their hand. Now, at the end of the day, it's the same result because I'm not teaching them how to edit, how to put everything out. They've heard the phrase RSS feed, but I'm doing all of that for them. Yeah. But also their demand on my time is different as well because they actually do want to have sessions with me talk it through have me listen to their calls and say oh this was great try that try this try that so it's just a little bit different
1: nice so what's, what do you find that is it's the biggest mistake that podcasters whether they're just starting out or maybe they've been doing it for a while and they and you're like oh my gosh guys come on let's we need to change this what's the biggest mistake that you see that we can maybe iron out today so everyone can just start tweaking and changing what is that for you
2: Oh, uh, the number one biggest mistake. The number one podcasters think everyone will listen to a podcast. And it's just not true. It's absolutely not true. If you wrote a blog today, How to Find a Podcast, it would blow up because people, there are people who listen to podcasts and will continue to. There are people mm. who might be interested. And then there are people who will never listen to a podcast. There's people who never watch certain TV channels. You know what I mean? Certain people don't read nonfiction books. And so podcasters think that everyone is a podcaster or is going to listen to a podcast. And it's just mm. not true. So you could spend all of your money trying to reach everyone, or you could just pay attention to people who are tapped into you, people who either are intrigued or either like you and you could possibly branch out. Spend your time doing that. Don't try to win over every single person.
1: Ah, nice. Love that.
2: Yeah.
1: So w- with this as you've grown this side of your business, because I know you've got a number of different things going on, what is it about this business that you've you maybe hit a level or you're, you're looking for what's next? Where where are you going? Because um, we've heard you talk about your clients and what you help them mm-hmm. with. But as a business owner behind the scenes, you have your own shit to take care of. You have so much <laughs> other stuff going on. What is that for you?
2: Yeah. So the next level for me would be an agency owner. Honestly, where I would hire either coaches that would be under me that would help people launch, or I would hire um, more external editors so that I could just take on more clients, do a little bit more of the work. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that would be next to go from small business owner to actually just managing people who are doing the work for me. So I would get to be Santa and they would be the elves. Uh (laughs) Right now I'm doing both
1: yeah because right now as a solopreneur you're like yeah i'm gonna wear every single hat i can i'm doing the marketing the sales fulfillment accounting the whole caboodle um and it it can be tough but then you hit hit a level so it sounds like with the success with the the great work that you do you're like this is awesome i'm maxed out oh my gosh what do i do (laughs) next so and what is that next step for you looking like? Is it is it scary? Is it exciting? Is it a bit of both? Are you maybe avoiding it because of a little bit unknown? What, what is that like?
2: Definitely not avoiding it. Definitely not. Um, it is exciting only because the last year and a half, there's been so much change going on in my life that now I just anticipate change. I'm expecting change, right? I went from... five clients to the 15 and I learned how to scale things and now people are like your packaging is so beautiful you sent me a proposal it was amazing like I wanted to pay you today how can I do that and I'm like oh could I you know what I mean I'm like now should I license my training to help people so it's really exciting because I have no idea what life will look like in another two years and three years Um, and I'm, that's honest, because I used to dread change. Lawyers don't like change. We like books that say this is going to happen. If that happens, and that's it. Mm. So it's taken a lot of work for me to get to a place where I actually enjoy change. So no, it's exciting.
1: Nice. And um, that unknown, let's try and sort of quantify that. What, what do you want? What, what, what do you, <laughs> I mean, again, caveat, yes, things may change. But yeah. right now, what, what do you want? Where are you going?
2: So this is going to be the corniest answer, but it's so true. Yeah, give it to me. <laughs> I want more people to create podcasts. That was why I would meet with people for free. I was like, oh my God, you want, to, you want to share your story? Yes, here. Because I just wanted people to create podcasts. But then you have a meeting, you have another call, people don't show up. And that's why I started to charge so that I could be like, okay, start to you know, value my time too. Mm. I would love for everyone who wanted a podcast to create a podcast and I could help them with it. I would love to produce 75 podcasts a year because that many new people wanted to make podcasts, right? Because what I'm doing is creating a service funnel where I launch your show and then you hire me to continue editing it, which is a lot less work once those coaching calls are over. So Mm -hmm. I would love to see podcasters not drop off after their seventh episode because it gets too hard or they run out of topics or they run out of guests. Let me do all of that so that you can continue to podcast. I would love for there to be more podcasts.
1: Nice. So this, you want a passion in what you do. There is a there is a direct and an indirect reach. the The amount of if those podcasts can keep on going because you yeah. do have the content. There is enough topics. There is a wealth of guests. There is there is plenty of time to do all these things. You just help them to to sort of find that and package that. So it sounds like it's maybe blessing and a curse because you have this passion for it. You want to do this, but oh my gosh, how do you? How do you find the right way for you ethically to build, to scale, still keep the um, the, the quality of what you do mm-hmm. and maybe your stamp? So what what would you say is the hardest bit for you about, about this this scaling or, or maybe hiring or tweaking your service? Is it yeah. the ability to pull yourself away? Is it the perfectionism that comes into this? Is it the, the over-delivering you want to be seen? Or is it maybe the pressure of, I you mean, know, I've got to take care of other people now, not just myself. Yeah. There's so much there. What is it for you?
2: (laughs) So I hadn't thought about that last one, the pressure of taking care of other people. So now that's kind of scary. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But no, the initial pressure right now would be probably, yeah, being looked at as the boss, being seen as that agency owner, having people be like, you have to keep going because I'm paying my mortgage, my rent off of these funds. Um, That would be difficult. It wouldn't be difficult to step away, right? I have an operations administrative background, I believe, in working yourself out of a job. So that part would be fine. Um, But honestly, for me to get there, I just would have to keep raising my prices until I'm like $1,500 a call. And when people are like, here, I'm like, okay, now I got to raise my price again. You know, um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I I don't see there being too many negatives to to the
1: future oh yeah logically we all get it logically there's there's no negatives it's perfect but in the moment as we go and do it it's, right that's where we're human beings with neurochemicals yeah. and emotions and all the baggage that comes with us so you know we started this episode talking about you know, how hard it is in reality we think it's going to be easy but then the reality hits in all the things you do so once we get to the next level it's these sneaky sneaky things come into play yeah and we realize well, logically i know what i should do but damn it oh my gosh i'm i'm now scared of this so i'm just going to continue to do this or
2: yeah. it may be
1: a subconscious thing oh they, they do hold us back so mm-hmm. it sounds like you've got an, an interesting sort of few months coming up as you continue to to work on this and then oh yeah by association there'll be more more of us more podcasters <laughs> out there doing some cool stuff
2: yes which is what i would absolutely love
1: Oh, love that. Super. Hey, Kyle, thank you so much for, for being on this show and sharing not only what you do um, to help everyone out there who wants to do a podcast, but behind the scenes of what it's like for you <laughs> as you sort of navigated this and found your passion. And now you're at the point where the scary, exciting scaling really comes into play. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: Yeah. And taking the leap, right? If I had never started my own podcast, I never would have gotten to the place where. I enjoyed it where I wanted to help other people. And when I even thought, let me help you create one. Let me take some of the boring stuff off your plate.
1: Yeah. So if people are interested or curious or like, hell yes, I need the help <laughs> take my money. Where can they find you?
2: <laughs> so we've been talking about it all day, but my website is literally skip the boring stuff.com. That is where you can find KD creative. If you're looking for a podcast launch coach, or if you're looking for a podcast editor
1: awesome stuff well everyone go check that out and Kyla thanks again for being here and sharing so so openly today it's been so much fun
2: yes absolutely thank you for sharing and keep podcasting
1: absolutely thank you (laughs) yeah hey Katie yeah Mark want to do an outro I sure do sweet hey thank you so so much for listening and making it to the end
0: yay you
1: so what happens next